Hey, thanks for joining us on the No Limits Church podcast. Here at No Limits, we are on a mission to make a difference in the lives of others. We want to help people know God, find freedom, and discover purpose. It's a journey, and we're all walking it together. So wherever you're listening from, we pray that you are encouraged and empowered by this week's message. Well, hey, y'all. Good morning. Y'all are looking good this morning. Welcome to No Limits Church. So excited you guys decided to spend your Sunday with us today. It's truly an honor to have you here. Go ahead and give your neighbor a high five and say, you made a good choice. (laughs) If you're joining us online, want to say hey to you too. Thanks so much for being with us. It's great to hear the word of God, even if it's over the internet. Let me tell you, if you ever have a chance to be here with us in person, I highly encourage you to do so. And for those of you who don't know me, my name's Cade, and I'm the lead pastor here alongside my wife, Beth. And here at No Limits, we're on a mission to make a difference. We want to help people know God, find freedom, and discover purpose. Amen? Well, hey, I know we already said it, but happy Mother's Day. You know, it's it's every day. I'm pretty sure it's every day. I look at my wife. I'm like, I don't know how you do this. I mean, moms are like, wow. You all are incredible. All the moms in the room, go ahead and stand up so that we can recognize you. Yes. You all are a gift from God. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Go ahead and sit down. And all the dads in the room, like Dylan said, who've had to be moms in their kids' lives, stand up because you all are heroes. (laughs) Yeah, look at this. Yeah, you guys are awesome. I can't believe they could do that because, man, I spend like three or four hours with my kids. I'm like, where's Beth? Where is she? All right, y'all, let's continue our series called Different, which is basically about following Jesus, because showing you how to follow Jesus is really the best way I can help you know God. I'll show you what I mean in our core scripture for this series. It's found in John chapter 14. And Jesus said that anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. The words I speak are not my own, but my Father who lives in me does his work through me. So what we know by this scripture is that God is revealed through Jesus. So if we want to get to know God, then we got to get to know Jesus. And thankfully, there's four books of the Bible dedicated to his life. We call them the Gospels, and it's Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And through this series, we're working through the book of John, and we're finding out Truly, that the way of Jesus is, is different. Like every week, it unfolds something that's just, wow, he really, he really was different. And if we're going to follow Jesus, that means that people are going to think that we are different. But that's okay, because we're all different together, right? All right, let's pray. Let's invite the Holy Spirit into this message today. Holy Spirit, we want you here. We invite you here. We don't want to do this without you. We don't want to go forth on our plan and, and ignore your plan, but we want your will to be done in this service today. So come on in. We love you. We welcome you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, last week, Jesus revealed that he wants us to walk in abundant life now. He wants us to do it right now. He wants us to not just believe in him, but to live in him so we can experience heaven here on earth. And it's quite common for Christians to delay the promise of abundant life into heaven, right? And yes, you're going to experience abundant life in heaven. It's going to be awesome there, but he wants you to experience the awesome here too. He wants to bring heaven here on earth, but to experience abundant life, you have to follow Jesus. You have to live in Jesus. You can't do this your own way and expect to live an abundant life. Has anybody tried it? Anybody want to testify that that works for you? No, nobody, nobody can testify to that because you first have to submit yourself to Jesus and then you experience abundant life. And you might be thinking, well, Cade, is this really true? Well, from my own experience, I can tell you it's true for me, which means that it can be true for you because I'm not a special guy. (laughs) You're probably a lot more special than I am. We're all special to God, right? 
Um, I'm, I'm actually, I've only experienced like a little bit of abundant life because I'm still working on getting myself out of the way. Can anybody else testify to that? Just, try, just trying to get myself out of the way, right? So I can experience abundant life. But what, what I've already experienced in my life, wow, like it's incredible. It's like God's like, I want to do more. And he wants to do more in your life too. Is there anybody who's going to pursue abundant life in the room? Yes, me too, me too. You know, when I talk about abundant life, it's so much more than just provision, money. That's only a small part of what Jesus is talking about when he says abundant life. But to us, we think it's like the biggest part of abundant life, but that's only because we have the wrong idea about money. And we're going to correct some of that wrong thinking later in the message today. And it's going to be good stuff. But first, I want to remind you that abundant life also includes healing, right? And we learned last week that God does not make you sick. He does not give you sickness to teach you something. He does not give you sickness so he can be glorified later by healing you. God doesn't make you sick. Sickness does not come from God. It's oppression of the devil. That's where sickness comes from. So if you have some kind of physical ailment, I encourage you to stop blaming it on God. Stop thinking that, oh, God must have given me this to teach me something. No, stop that. Stop that thinking. You got to stop it because the devil is the only one that wants you to stay sick. God sent his word to heal you. God sent Jesus to heal you. God is in the healing business. He's not into the making you sick business. He doesn't want his children sick. He doesn't. The idea that God gives you sickness to teach you something is something that the devil uses to keep you sick because the devil is a deceiver, right? All he can do is lie to you. That's his only weapon, and that's one of his lies, convincing you that God wants you to be sick. But I'm here to convince you that God does not want you sick. God does not give you sickness. He only makes you well. He is in the healing business. So would you all just erase that lie and replace it with truth? God wants me well. He is willing and he is able to heal all sickness and all disease. That's who my God is. And he's just waiting for me to stop letting it continue in my life. Now, another way we often miss out on healing is because we always want it to be instantaneous. If we go up for prayer and it doesn't happen within 10 seconds, we're like, well, must have not got healed. And then we go on and live our life sick. But we found out in the story of Lazarus that God doesn't always do things in our timeline. He doesn't always do things the way that we want him to do them. But the promise is true regardless. They wanted Lazarus to be healed, but Jesus waited too long. Lazarus died. And by the time Jesus got to Lazarus, he had been dead for four days. But the promise was still true. Jesus said this would not end in death. So after Lazarus was dead for four days, Jesus went and raised him from the dead, right? I'm sure Lazarus's family would have rather him been healed. But hey, being raised from the dead, that's not so bad anyway, right? That's not a bad thing. So there's no bad way to get healed. Our role in this is to remain in faith without doubt, regardless of how long it takes or how God does it. Amen. Now, when you receive healing, you just receive it. You hold on to it until it manifests in this physical realm, in this physical body, just like that Amazon package, right? You press buy now, and you know within a day it's going to show up in your physical world, even though that buy now button was in the digital world. So when you receive healing through faith, you press receive now in the spiritual realm, and you sit confidently, and you wait for that to show up in the physical realm because you know you've already been healed, and it's a coming. Wow. That was a rich five-minute recap of last week. If you're still struggling with these truths, you're like, ah, I can almost grab them like I'm almost there. Just go back and listen to that message. It's called Life More Abundantly. And listen to it over and over again. You might get tired of my voice, but eventually, bam, it'll hit you. And you'll be like, I got it. I got it. Now, we had several people come up at the end of service to receive healing last week, and the Bible tells us to share our testimony, right? Because it defeats the plan of the enemy, it encourages our faith, testimonies are good. So Robin, she is seeing the results of her healing. She came up last week, so I asked her to come on up and tell us about it. First of all, I want to say you really need to pay attention to who you listen to. 
Because I have been listening to uh, four or five different doctors. They have told me I have basal cell carcinoma. I have a parathyroid tumor. I have liver enzyme something, 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 whatever that means. And I even asked, well, what am I supposed to do about that? What does that mean? How do you get it? Stop drinking. And I said, stop drinking what? I, she doesn't know me very well. But anyway, I, my feet have been extremely swollen. My ankles have been swollen. My feet hurt. I couldn't walk without them hurting. I have to raise my feet every night. I know in my heart that God can heal anything, anything. So I stopped listening to the doctors. I stopped taking my pills. I took four different kinds of um, blood pressure medication, and I just stopped all of them. And I came up here last Sunday, and I received healing. My feet are not swollen. I can stomp on them and it not bother me anymore. I had five basal cell carcinomas on my body. Now I just have 1.2. <laughs> I still have one that's going down a little bit. I made Ben look at it this morning, and he said, yeah, it looks a little bit smaller. So they're leaving. And it's not to say don't listen to your doctors, because some doctors are really good. But I know he's a better healer than anybody I've seen. Thanks. <laughs> Amen. Thank you. God, we give you glory for that. That's awesome. Man, that's good. It's good, good, good. Sometimes you just got to rest in God's goodness. You're like, wow, that's so good. Well, we're now at the point in the book of John where, you know, Lazarus was raised from the dead. And believe it or not, not everybody was excited about it. What? We went an entire message last week without getting interrupted by the fussy religious leaders. But they're back. They're back, y'all. And here they are. The chief priests and the Pharisees gathered a council, and they said, What shall we do? For this man works many signs. If we let him alone like this, everyone will believe in him, and the Romans will come and take away both our place and nation. Here's what they're saying. If we let Jesus keep helping people, our rules and our systems and our hierarchy will become irrelevant. Oh, we'll lose our bond with the crooked government if we stop controlling people, because the only reason they like us is because we control people. Y'all, God revealed something to me last year that was so amazing. And here it is. God cannot bless any attempt to control people. Hmm. That's what I thought when he dropped that in my spirit one day during prayer. I was like, whoa. I mean, humans are so obsessed with, like, centralizing the government and all. That. I mean, we always want to centralize things and control things. And it's like, God, God's like, that's not my plan. <laughs> that's not my purpose. You know, we're talking, when I, when I say this, God cannot bless any attempt to control people. We're talking about slavery, right? We're talking about churches who tell you how to wear your hair and all that kind of stuff. We're talking about the government trying to force people to wear a mask and to get a vaccine. I mean, this is what we're talking about. Control. God has nothing to do with this nonsense. Nothing. He didn't design us to control each other. He designed us to work alongside each other and help each other and complete each other. That's how he designed us. We're here for each other, not to control each other. I tell you, humankind can be real special sometimes. I mean, we can be real special. We honestly think that if we could just control people by forcing them to wear a mask and to get a vaccine, that this virus will just go away and we'll never struggle with a virus again. Nope, the next one would come, y'all. I'd like to say I don't know where this comes from, like this control thing, but I know exactly where it comes from. It comes from hell. Anytime someone is trying to control someone else, it's rooted in hell. It's the devil's playbook. 
and I'm not going to leave you in the dark about it. And all this time, you know, I haven't been able to explain my disgust with like the mask mandates and the shutting down of businesses and the shutting down of churches until now. Like I finally got it this week. I'm like, this is why I'm so disgusted with this. It's because all the control is ungodly. It's evil. It's the devil's playbook. And that's why I openly speak against it because as a follower of Jesus Christ, yes, I'm here to share the good news, but I'm also here to destroy the works of the devil. I'm not going to sit on the sidelines while our crooked government tries to control people. Instead, I'm going to share the truth and set the captives free. And someone asked me the other day, like, what, what's your purpose? Like, what, what are you trying to accomplish in your messages lately? And first of all, I am not trying to accomplish anything because I learned several years ago that what Cade can accomplish on his own is, is pretty disappointing. It's pretty disappointing. So I'm asking each week, God, what do you want to accomplish here at No Limits Church? And right now, he's building an army to destroy the works of the devil. Yes. And we are a part of that army. We are the army of God. And an army needs to know what the enemy's up to. Anybody go in the battle without knowing the, what the enemy's up to? That'd be a bad plan, wouldn't it? That's why I talk about these things. And for the record, because people like to you know, make things up when you start saying things about this. I'm not telling you whether to wear a mask or not. You can do whatever you want to. I'm just telling you that the control is ungodly. So don't, get, don't be a part of that. Don't be a part of that. It's ungodly to have a slave. I know we'd all agree with that, right? It's ungodly to control your spouse, and it also doesn't work. <laughs> and it's ungodly for the government and businesses and churches to force people to wear a mask or get a vaccine or any of that nonsense, whatever's coming next. All of that control is ungodly. All right, back to the Pharisees. They didn't want to give up their control, right? They were obsessed with control over the people. They didn't want to lose their influence. So this was the point where they're like, oh, they get intent. We're going to kill Jesus. We have to kill Jesus. And they became so intent on killing Jesus that Jesus had to stay out of the public eye until it was time for the crucifixion. Did you guys know that nobody killed Jesus? Jesus decided when it was time. He decided when it was time. Somebody rest in that because I know we can get afraid that if I speak up, if I say something, they might kill me or persecute me or whatever. It's not going to happen until it's time. Why don't you take your authority and say, I'm not dying until it's my time. Just like Jesus. The Pharisees, you know, they even gave a command that anybody who sees Jesus, tell us so we can go capture him. So we had to stay in hiding. This reminds me of a scene in Wally. Towards the end of the movie, where his picture was on every screen uh, throughout the spaceship because they were trying to catch him. Has anybody seen the movie Wally? <laughs> it's one of my favorite movies. It's funny how much that movie relates to what we're talking about because how the story goes is the earth became so unlivable that all the people had to go up and they had to live in a spaceship until the earth became livable again. And then Wally was a robot that had been left on earth and uh, he ended up taking a plant from earth to prove that the, the earth is livable again. Things are growing on the earth. But at this point, the people had fully submitted to the full control of the spaceship's computer. They were completely oblivious to what was going on around them. And to no surprise, Wally was not welcomed by the computer because the computer didn't want to give up its control over the people. And so the computer did its best to destroy Wally and to destroy the plant. And then Wally ends up down in the belly of the ship, right, where all the trash is compacted and then thrown out into space. But Wally made his way back up to the top and he ended up redeeming the people by setting them free from the control of the computer. And they all went down to earth to begin their life on earth. And it's really a great movie. You should watch it if you haven't already. It's one of the few things that's actually good on Disney Plus, so go there and find it. But isn't it interesting how much this parallels with the life of Jesus? 
Jesus came down from heaven to release us from the power of sin. And uh, wouldn't you know it, the ruler of this world, the devil, didn't want to give up his control over the people, so he did his, put up his best fight. He even got the religious people to kill Jesus. That's who killed Jesus, the religious people. Yet on the third day, Jesus rose again with, the freedom in, with our freedom in his hands, and all we got to do is believe in Jesus to receive that freedom. So good. I'm getting a little ahead of myself because we're going to get to the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus in just a few weeks in the book of John. But back to where we are this week, the Pharisees, they've issued a full-on attack to go kill Jesus. So Jesus went behind the scenes until the crucifixion, but he wasn't hiding and afraid. He was actually celebrating with those who were closest to him. And in John chapter 12, we find him having dinner with Lazarus. He's having a good time, Mary, Martha in there, and the disciples. And uh, at this dinner, the most awesome thing happens. In John 12, 3, Mary took a pound of very costly oil of spikenard, anointed the feet of Jesus, and wiped his feet with her hair, and the house was filled with the fragrance of the oil. That's beautiful. I mean, wow. Jesus never forced anybody to worship him. He's not in, he wasn't in the controlling business. If he was going to be worshipped, it's because they wanted to worship And that's exactly what's going on here. Mary worshiped Jesus in the most profound way. She gave her very best and she humbled herself. I mean, wiping somebody's feet with your hair, that's some humility right there. And she did it because she wanted to. And just like when you choose to be passionate about your worship today, there's people going to be around that don't like it. They're going to make fun of you. So let's take a look at one of the disciples, Judas Iscariot. What did he have to say about this? Well, he said, why was this fragrant oil not sold for 300 denarii and given to the poor? Back then, 300 denarii would have been equal to about a year's wages. So somebody would have, the average person would have to work a year to pay for what Mary just poured out on the feet of Jesus. And Judas, he thought that was a bad use of money. And maybe you would too. Or maybe you do too. That is a bad use of money. I mean, have you ever caught yourself thinking like, they shouldn't have bought that car. They should have given that money to the poor. Or I can't believe that they live in a house that nice. Can you imagine what they could do with that money if they didn't live in that house? Okay, I'm just going to confess. I used to think these things. Confession time. I can remember in my early 20s when I had barely enough money to buy groceries. I mean, we were struggling. We were making that casserole, and we had to cut it into eight pieces, and you couldn't eat more than one, even if you were still hungry afterwards, because then you wouldn't eat tomorrow, right? And I'd look at my family buying new cars and moving into a bigger house, and be like, why can't they just help me buy groceries? And they're buying new cars. Well, I'm about to teach you a lesson about money that took me years to get it. And uh, I w- if I would have never learned this lesson, I would have never found my way into God's abundant provision. This was a prerequisite. <laughs> Are you ready for this? Because it's going to hurt a little bit. It's going to hurt a little bit. But first, let's read the next verse to see uh, why Judas was so upset. Buddy, why are you so upset, man? He said, this he said, not that he cared for the poor, but because he was a thief. And he had the money box, and he used to take what was put in it. Judas was stealing from the offering, y'all. Can you believe that? And you know what? When you think that you have the right to criticize how somebody else spends money, you're revealing greed in your own heart. That was the ouch moment. Did it hurt anybody? Because it hurt me whenever I learned that. Ah. 
I used to be a greedy person, and then I changed, and I decided to become a generous person. Now I don't give a flip how you spend your money. I don't. I don't care why. First of all, it's none of my business. Second of all, if you decide to misuse money, that's not on me. That's on you, buddy. (laughs) I ain't giving my energy on that. And what's so interesting about this is we find ourselves right back to this control problem. Judas wanted to control the money. He didn't want other people deciding what to do with all this money. And I hope somebody is getting this because it could be the one thing that's holding you back from stepping into God's abundant provision. And let me tell you, a generous life is way more enjoyable than a greedy life. And that's why to follow Jesus, I must choose generosity. So let me make this practical for you. The next time you catch yourself criticizing how somebody else is spending money, take the thought captive, destroy it and say, well, nope, that's none of my business. Not going there. And instead, look at the way that you spend money (laughs) and you ask yourself, "Am am I being generous? Am I being generous? And never hesitate, never hesitate to give God the most wild, unthinkable offering, right? Like, like, as Mary would say, a year's wages poured out on the floor to worship my Lord. And oh yeah, what did Jesus have to say about this offering? Well, he has something to say to Judas. It's what he has to say. He says, let her alone. She has kept this for the day of my burial. For the poor you have with you always, but me you do not have with you always. This reveals how Jesus viewed money. To him... It was not a limited resource. It was not a big deal. He, it, it wasn't a big deal to spend a year's wages on perfume. I mean, wow. Because he knew there's more where that came from. And all I got to do is ask my father. So many people are in bondage to money. Their lives are controlled by money. But changing your perspective and seeing money how Jesus sees money will take you out of the prison and set you free. Money is not a limited resource. You can always make more, and you can always multiply what you have. And the process is really simple. You focus on serving people, and they reward you with money. That's that's how it works. That's that's the kingdom principle. And if you study Jewish culture, which you'll find out that Jewish people are really wealthy, most of them. They hold a lot of the world's wealth, actually. And it's because they understand the kingdom way that this works. You serve people well, they reward you with money. Who would have thought? So the better you serve people, the more money you have. It's a kingdom principle. And some people don't like to hear that. They're like, well, Kate, are you telling us we should serve people only to get money? Well, no. You're getting it backwards. Cart before the horse, right? You serve people well, and that's just what happens. It's a byproduct of what happened. That's the way God designed it. And on the flip side, though, if you join the crowd by doing the bare minimum at work, you'll get rewarded with minimum wages. Ha ha. I see what's going on now. But if you constantly look for ways to serve people better, you will be rewarded with promotion. If your income is pitiful, you need to do an honest evaluation of yourself. Have I given in to the status quo, just doing enough to keep my job? Am I serving people the same way that everybody else is serving people? Or am I serving people as if I was serving God? right? Am I giving my best? Am I going above and beyond? And am I learning new skills so I can be more valuable to the business or the organization that I work for? You can probably tell that I love talking about money. And the reason I love it is because if God's people can see money the way that he sees money, it'll set you free. It'll equip you with the resources that you need to do what God has called you to do. That's that's the whole purpose. And it's so good. Is anyone going to make a decision today that you're going to choose generosity? Is anybody, gonna, is anybody done fussing with how other people spend their money? 
Anyone get going to start finding ways to start serving people better? This is how we live abundant life. We must get to a place where we don't look to our job to serve us, but we go to our work, our job to serve other people. That's why we're there. And yes, I'm even talking about serving your boneheaded boss, right? <laughs> now, when our focus is to serve others, it'll come back to us multiplied. In the words of Jesus, found in Luke 6, 38, give and it'll be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will it be put back into your bosom? For with the same measure you use, it will be measured back to you. And in case you're still not getting it, Jesus has a parable to make it plain and clear. Most assuredly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it produces much grain. He who loves his life will lose it, and he who hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. What's Jesus saying? If you want to experience abundant life, you have to first die to yourself. Die to yourself. You have to take me, myself, and I to the grave. Bury it, and then it will multiply in your life and produce much fruit. If you think that you can maintain self and experience abundant life, you're going to waste a lot of time serving yourself. Instead, die to yourself and live to serve God and to serve others, and the outcome is abundant life. And Jesus goes on to explain what this looks like. He says, if anyone serves me, let him follow me, and where I am, there my servant will be also. If anyone serves me, him my father will honor So when you die to self and you serve Jesus and follow Jesus, you're going to be right there with Jesus, seated above in heavenly places. And who's going to honor you? God is going to honor you. And just think, most people choose to live a greedy and selfish life, and they miss out on all of that. But now we've come full circle. We started out by talking about how God cannot bless when someone tries to control someone else. And here we are now, and we learn that God cannot bless when we try to control our own life. So to follow Jesus, I must give him control. Is there anybody who's tired of trying to control your own life? You're done with it. You invite Jesus in to be not just your savior, but your Lord. And you ask him to lead your life. Go ahead and bow your heads with me. Lord, we honor you today. We ask you to be our Lord, to lead our life. We give you control. You're so much better at this than us. Actually, there's no comparison. Wow. Hey, Tim, will you come up here? (laughs) This is a guy who has walked this message out, and I know you have a testimony to share. Oh, 
Yeah. Yeah, for sure. yeah we, uh, uh, this took me a little by surprise, so I'm not quite up to speed here. Uh, way back when Darla and I were married for the first year, we made almost nothing. I mean, we were in the slice up your... <laughs> I mean, in fact, Darla worked with my, my sister at a daycare, and my sister would actually send home the leftovers so we could eat from the daycare. And uh, our, I had, we had two cars, but one didn't even run. And we made a grand total combined. We made a grand total of somewhere around $11,000 that year. It was, a long, it, was, it was pretty rough. And then I, I learned once, uh, I, I finally got to the point where I just couldn't do it my way anymore. I just said, you know, this isn't working. Uh, this hand-to-mouth, check-to-check thing just isn't going to cut it anymore. And I know that there has to be a better way. But I'm So I basically just said, Father, I'll tell you what. I can't, you know, the tithe says 10%, but it says in your word that I just need, that I need to be able to be joyful for what I give. And so uh, I said, Father, I'll tell you what I can do. I can feel joyful. And I can, because if I gave too much, I'd feel like I was robbing from our grocery budget. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I'm like, Father, I can joyfully give you 20 bucks. I'll tell you what, each time we go into church, we'll go, we'll put in 20 bucks. Uh, a month, and that's and he and he says that's good. So we did, and then eventually we got to the point we looked down and we, hey, you know what? We've actually got more than that available now, and so we kept giving more. And then before we knew it, we're like we kept giving more. And then before that, we and now he has blessed us to the point, and this is completely God's thing. Where if 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 my heart, I would I would be disappointed if I couldn't give now. Because it's it's just so much a part of how God works and how He gives. And now, of course, we 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 do really well, and we give more than uh, more than we even used to make, <laughs> which is a beautiful, beautiful thing. And now we get to give groceries. Now we can, and it's joyful. And I never, in fact, I look forward to giving the check. So was that what you were headed for? Okay, I wasn't sure which. <laughs> Which story? Because, you know, there's a few. But uh, uh, the, the basic bottom line was this. In fact, this is a Bill Shear of Guts. I don't know how many of y'all are familiar with him. But uh, we, we went to Guts when this was actually being operated out. And he used to say, he says, if you don't have anything to give, raise your hand and someone next to you will give you a dollar bill. And so you'll be able to give something. And he says, if no one gives you a dollar bill, then steal the little pencil (laughs) on the back of the chair in front of you and then give that. He says, if there's no pencil, take the button off of your shirt and put that into the... And see, it has very little to do with what you're... Or how much. It all has to do with following the instruction of whatever the Holy Spirit tells you to do and, and to give. It has nothing to do with how much. Good. Thank you. Yeah, man, talking about money can get a pretty, become a pretty tense subject, right, in church. But my, you're like, oh, okay, must need an increase in the offering, and that's far from the truth. Our church does really well, and I'm thankful for your all's generosity. I just want you to live in the kingdom. I want you to live in God's plan for money because it's so much more, it's so much better to be in his system. And you don't have to worry about what's going on in America because <laughs> we can't trust in that, can we? All right. 
I always want to give an opportunity for, I kind of already did, for you to make Jesus the Lord of your life. But in case you're still like, I haven't made that decision, that is the best decision that you'll make in your life is, you know, Jesus, I, I need you to be my Savior. I need you to be my Lord, and I need you to lead my life. And that's just a simple decision that you make in your heart. There's nothing complicated about it. Please stop trying to make it complicated. It's a decision that you make, and we celebrate with you for making that decision. So does heaven. All of heaven celebrates when one of God's children comes back into the kingdom of God. So if you gave your life to Jesus, we want to walk that out with you. Uh, We just ask that you text us to tell us. Otherwise, we wouldn't know. So that's our number on the screen there, 918-373-9883. Send us a text message, and we would love to hear from you. And now I want the guys in the back to show us a video that the Philippines sent us. They recently had a kids camp and they sent us a video of what was going on there. So I just wanted you guys to see what is happening there. So take a look. That's awesome. They just keep singing this song. I just wanted you guys to see the face of these children because you're a part of this through your giving. Awesome. All right. Thanks, guys. Isn't that awesome? So this is a church we support in the Philippines. We send them $300 every month, and that's enough to support what they have going on there. Man, if we could just figure out how to operate this church on $300 a month, that'd be pretty sweet. (laughs) But it's awesome that we can be a part of that. Um, So, yeah. It's, I love when they send me the videos. I get to see all the videos and all the, all the photos. So if you guys ever want to just see more of those, you're like, hey, send me some more of this. I try to show you. But if it's not enough, let me know, and I can give you all some more. But if you want to give today and you're giving by cash or check, just raise your hand for an offering. One of our ushers will bring that to you. Or you can give online anytime. That's how most of you all do give. And how you do that is you visit nolimits.fyi on your phone, tablet, computer. There's a giving button there. Tap that, and it'll get you where you need to go. Thank you so much for joining us. And a special thanks to those that give in to our ministry. It's because of your generous giving that we're able to lead people to Jesus and make a difference all around the world. If you're ready to give, head to your browser and type nolimits.fyi into the address bar. And if you were encouraged by this podcast, then hit that share button and pass it on so that others can be encouraged as well. Or you can even take a screenshot and share it on your social stories. Thanks again for listening. Now let's go make a difference.